What is up, guys? Thank you for sticking around. It is still me, still coming from my mom's basement, but we are joined now by our special guest today, Nico. Nico, thank you so much for joining us over from the Simply Bitcoin team. What's up, man? Happy to be here. I, I think I just saw uh, Coin Icarus join, also known as Phil. We're, so. we're excited. I'm Oh, there he is. We Hello. Heard I'm super sorry. No need no to apologize. Way. We heard we heard about the rumblings. We are live right now, just as a heads up. Uh, but we did hear, unfortunately, about the the computer glitches and issues. Hopefully, <laughs> for your guys' show, you're able to to get that sorted out. <laughs> I yeah. appreciate that. It's Murphy's Law, right? <laughs> Every you guys know because you guys have been making content. So, oh yeah, all, all the bugs, the Zoom bugs. Oh man. Not, nothing is more stressful, I think, and Chris will be the one to really attest to this because I've never seen that man so scared, stressed in one moment in his life uh, in the short time we've worked together. But this time when YouTube kicked us off and deplatformed us, he <laughs> genuinely thought he did something wrong or pressed the wrong button. Um, but like honestly, we can start there because I wouldn't hate talking about this. So thank you to I'm gonna I want to give you credit in the chats for bringing it to our attention. Um, Rand Moore, thank you for bringing it up. Telegram, as of yesterday, Brazil's Supreme Court did reverse the decision to ban Telegram in the country. Twenty thousand per day fine was levied if you were using the app. I mean, look, censorship ultimately is bad just telling people to not have an idea not think things through believe what you believe them to be believe what you want them to believe um i view it no different as burning books especially in today's day and age where like i force myself to buy books because i'm like a crazy person who like i want to feel the tree dead between my hands i'm like that i guess but like most of us are reading it on our phones on a tablet like uh, Phil, you're joining us literally on a tablet. How much do you read on that versus like 50 years ago? How much of that was going to be on paper? So ironically enough, I'm actually joining from our, from my phone and Nico knows I, I, I suck at using my tablet. Okay. He, he got me to get, he got me to get an iPad. I got like all the, the features and I never use this thing. I'm actually charging it right now. It hasn't worked in months, but anyways, to your point though. Okay. Uh, I, I would say that I listen to I'd say 90% of the books now that I quote unquote read, but to your, but also to your other point about having the, you know, quote unquote, the dead trees. I think that there's something really, it's not just nostalgic, but there's something really important about printed books because to me anyways, digital, when something is digital, technically, right. Uh, it can be changed. It can be changed at any time. And I mean, you know, who's to say, you know, who's, who's the wiser. But when it's printed, you can actually, you know, you can see the different editions, you can see the changes that they've made, and you can actually take a look at the quote unquote original text. So I, I think that there's something to be said for printed books. Oh, you're I muted. Love that. I love okay. that. You're, you're absolutely right. Um, I think the, the other angle and lens of this, though, especially is in the digital age to block just a page from being created or to block text from being shared. It's akin to burning a book at this point. It, in time i don't know uh if you guys feel the same or if i'm just being hyperbolic right now yeah i think you know uh, look i think that most of human history that's always been the case i think that america itself is an abnormality and i think that like a specific specific events needed to happen 
for America to be the way it was and for the First Amendment to be freedom of speech, right? That's an abnormality. That doesn't happen in history. Um, so I think what we're seeing right now is because the conversation has moved to the digital public square um, and apparently, you know, there's obviously it's it's politically contentious. It's a pol- politically contentious issue. Um, you know, certain companies would they see that it's beneficial to them and, you know, their ideology and their goals to censor certain speech. But I think that is that's been the historical norm throughout history. You know, I think it's just it's it's really an abnormality what is happening right now. And I think that's why something like Bitcoin is so important. Right. Um, the censorship resistant properties of it. Right. We have examples of Afghanistan. We have examples of Cuba. We have examples of Venezuela. We have examples of Ukraine. We have examples of Russia, of whole swaths of people getting completely like, OK, one thing is communication. But those people in those country, those unfortunate people are completely cut out of the financial system. Like they can't even use it at all. Right. So I think Bitcoin is going to usher in this age of or this this mental idea, the fact that no human being should have the right to censor another human being's speech, period. And speech includes your ability to transact with somebody else, right? And one more thing, I know, uh, shout out to Start9 guys, right? Um, j- the the Bitcoin node, right? It, it's, it's a dedicated computer. It's always plugged in. It's always wired, right? If you somehow connect that with, you combine that with a router, all of a sudden, or like a router or like a personal server, all of a sudden, you have peer-to-peer right? You have a peer-to-peer server-to-server type of communication setup. So I think Bitcoin could be the Trojan horse to a peer-to-peer internet rather than what we have today, other than Bitcoin, of course, which is if, if, you, if, you, don't run your, if you run your own node. But you kind of have this system where it's like communications go from me to a server to the other person. And I think that is just it just gives a a very few amount of people tremendous amount of power to get to dictate what is good speech what is bad speech yeah and nico i think that's a perfect point i think you know one of the first lines in the bitcoin white paper is uh peer-to-peer digital cash and i know uh i guess people don't realize it i think now we're kind of seeing it in real time play out that the benefit of being peer-to-peer, you know, right now we've had governments, whether it's Canada or governments around the world trying to uh, pressure Putin and the Russian people, uh, basically preventing them from transacting. And um, it's a real shame, to be honest, but Bitcoin, like exactly that you denoted, it's server-to-server or peer-to-peer. You know, I can send you value or cue or fill value without being stopped. I mean, and even it goes to show like Jesse Powell, the CEO of Kraken, uh, one of the a cryptocurrency exchange, but he's a Bitcoiner uh, by right. I know him. And uh, he was saying that, you know, if a government pressures them to censor transaction to do something, he basically said, like, take your Bitcoin off exchanges. So I can't do anything against you. Uh, he would be under law if, if an, uh, you know, a judge or a president or something like that says he has to do it. He has to abide by federal laws. Otherwise, him and his company could be shut down. He could be jailed or whatever it may be. Um, I, go ahead. I, I, think, I think that's the absolutely, the, the, the Jesse Powell, and I think it was Brian Armstrong, right, as well. I mean, Brian kind of, you know, he was one foot in, one foot out. Jesse was really the one that doubled down. But 
what was interesting is the reaction from the Canadian government, right? They demonized the guy. They said it was like a breach of national security. So how scary is that, right? The fact that whole swaths of people could just be othered, right? Completely disconnected from the financial uh, system, which is their ability to buy food, all of that, just because of their political beliefs. We've heard that happen in other countries. We've just never heard heard that happen in the West. And I think that really highlights the momentum of where this centralized money is heading, right? Central bank digital currencies is, is the nightmare, right? But we're already kind of seeing that censorship already. And I, I say this all the time to Phil, I would not be surprised that in five, 10 years, right? You buy a certain good or you drive a little bit too far, deduct automatic $200 from your bank account. That isn't some dystopian nightmare that's already happening in China, right? And so uh, this is really scary stuff. And this is why Bitcoin is so important. And people don't realize how high the stakes are. We have a future where we have two futures. We have a future of freedom, which is Bitcoin, and we have a future of central bank digital currencies. And you're not going to be able to straddle the line. You're going to have to pick which one you want to, you, which, which side you want to decide to be on. Right. So I think that's like the fight for our time specifically, you know, for, uh, for our generation, right? Um, it's it's a battle of freedom, you know. And uh, it, fortunately for us, though, it's not you know a kinetic war that our san- ancestors had to fight with. You know, like no one's getting shot. You know, fortunately, right? Um, but it it is still kind of a war, you know, without a doubt. It's a it's a war of of narratives. I'm a little curious too because we we are starting to see, I think, two different sizes. You have places like Kraken saying, no, absolutely not. Get your coins out, trying to help people. And then you have other companies like Brian Armstrong, Coinbase, who will do an entire 180 within 72 hours. Uh, curious if you know the values of Bitcoin need to be, I think, implemented into these businesses when they're started, i.e. the decentralized aspect of it, or if there's just no real solution. And as we introduce these different products and offerings, we're going to have to give up some of this decentralization. So I think Coinbase is completely compromised because they put their bets on shitcoins. And because shitcoins are inherently centralized, um, I think that they need the state to survive, right? Um, It's not just me speculating that. It's not a coincidence that the World Economic Forum, right, supports projects like Ethereum, literally Phil discovered it, right? Where Mia Miyaguchi is on the, you know, on the Ethereum Foundation, and she sits on the World Economic Forum, and then the World World Economic Forum directly attacks something like Bitcoin, right? That's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence that, you know, and, and think about it from from Coinbase's incentives, right? They're not incentivized to implement Lightning Network. They're incentivized to work with the with the government so that the government doesn't shut down a lot of the tokens that they're selling, like they did with XRP, right? So companies like Coinbase, I am. It, it's like I would even say they're enemies of Bitcoin. I would say Bitcoin only companies just out of their incentives. It has nothing to do with how you structure the company. It's just you're incentivized to act a certain way. I I trust more, right? I don't trust completely, but I trust more to do the right thing because they're just protecting 
their keep, right? You know, it's it's not that I'm like, oh, I trust the people and whatever. No, they're just they're acting their incentive, they're following their incentives, right? So yeah, man, it, Coinbase is scary, um, and I and I suspect, and it was actually Corey Clipson that said this. Um, I suspect that there's going to be like this evil alliance between shit coins. Sorry, I don't know if I could altcoins, yeah. altcoins. Say whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> <laughs> okay, awesome. We're, we're the same on our show. Um, so, yeah. So, there's this evil alliance between shit coins. And there's going to be an evil alliance between shit coins, the government, and the government's, you know, because think about it. What, where does the government's main power strive from? The ability to create money out of thin air. So in their, you know, uh, five stages of denial, right? Like in the, you know, like, oh, no, I could still keep this somehow. I think that they might see shitcoins as their way out, right? Because Ethereum, you could technically do that kind of stuff. But with Bitcoin, no, you're going to, if you want to make more Bitcoin, you have to get in line like everybody else, buy a miner, get some electricity, you know? So it's going to be very interesting to play out how this plays out. And it's going to be a hell of a fight because at the end of the day, this is about power. This is about power and money. This is this is what politics is all about, right? So, oh man, strap in. I'm kind of curious. Then, is this in your guys' thoughts? Do we in our lifetime see the U.S. dollar completely eliminated? Then, or do you see like a world where Bitcoin and fiat operates together, at least for an intermediary transitionary period? Yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely don't see. Um, I don't see the U.S. dollar going away anytime soon. I mean, people should, uh, you know, recognize that the majority of the world's debt is denominated in USD. Look, as much as we want to think that flipping a switch is just going to change that overnight, it doesn't. Okay, this process is most likely going to be extremely difficult. Um, and you know what? Um, yeah, Nico's messaging me and fucking me up here. Okay, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Anyways, so look, I, I think that it's going to be long and drawn out. I, I think that we're going to have this kind of like the scales thing happening, right? Like we we ease into it. There's going to be some really rough patches uh, because look, l- let's face it. Um, how many financial systems have we dismantled, right? Like, let's be honest. The uh, You know, as we've seen throughout history, none of them have been clean, right? Like nobody just wakes up the next day and boom, the new financial system's just working and everybody's just, <laughs> that's just not how it works. Um, so I think there's going to be a lot of struggle. I think that the narrative, the um, sorry, the 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 toxic narratives against proof of work, okay, because people for some reason the main the corporate owned media considers proof of work itself to be toxic and, and evil. But I, you know, we as Bitcoiners consider the complete opposite that it is going to be the foundation for future innovation to come. Um, and I, I just think that these, you know, the, these kind of toxic anti proof of work narratives. Uh, they are not going to stop. They are going to get louder as the system, as as the current uh, central bankers continue to realize that um, Bitcoin makes them look like fools every time they say anything it, it, without actually having to do anything, just by simply being. So, you know what? This is going to get very frustrating for them. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm giving a shout out to all of our platforms. Thanks for watching. Uh, like, share, subscribe, rumble, all those different things. Uh, but going along with with Phil's point, um, I think things are only going to get worse before they get better. I know many Bitcoiners see that. Did you guys see, I believe you guys had it on your show recently, the Bloomberg opinion uh, saying if you make less than 300K a year, um, you know, stop, you know, stop feeding your animals, stop getting them chemo treatments, take a bus, sell your car, you know, live on lentils, you know, the list goes on and on. 
So uh, going, kicking it back over to Nico and Phil, you know, the gaslighting that's occurring and it's only getting worse. I think the thing that makes it even worse is that they'll never admit they're part of the problem. And whether they're part of it indirectly or directly, they're never going to say, oh, the money printing is causing the problems. No, it's Bitcoiners and their energy wasted. That's causing the price hikes. No, it's Putin and causing the gas hikes. No, it's, you know, X, Y, and Z corporation because they're being greedy and, and you know, Pay, uh, charging their customers too much. It's never like they never look internal. And I think with Bitcoin, they allow you to do that. You know, if I send Bitcoin to a wrong address and that's on me, I messed up, I lost the value or the person I was trying to send to lost the value. It's very onerous and it's independent and it's you have to do well yourself. So Nico or, or Phil, if you want to kick off uh, anything to to bring that up. Yeah. So Phil pointed something out and I, and I, and I couldn't unsee it. Once I saw it, um, I couldn't unsee it. And he was like, this is, this is class warfare. And like, you know, I mean, I said that, but he pointed out, he's like, look, they're trying to blame and whatever. And that's exactly what the article did, right? The article, instead of saying, you know, uh, lower middle-class America, I mean, most of America doesn't make 300 K is getting hurt by inflation. No, 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 no. They have to say, Hey, for people that are making 300 K a year, they're not getting hurt by inflation. It's everybody else. It's the others. It's the it's the peasants. It's the plebs. You're, right? you're fine though if you make 250k. Yeah, you're you're fine if you make 250k. So it, like, and when Phil pointed it out, I'm like, yeah, this is this is this is Marxism class uh, 101, right? This is literally mm -hmm. divide and conquer, right? Blame the rich people, blame the corporations, blame whatever, blame what you said, right? Uh, blame everybody, but yourself, right? And look, at the end of the day. The, the fiat system it's inset like the incentives are so misaligned that it's like it, 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 you're actually rewarded if you lie you're actually rewarded if you cheat if you convince the mob to buy into your idea you're good right so it's like do you really like look you could be moral you could be ethical right but do you really blame certain people to exploit that system I don't. I think it's just a bad architected system, right? Um, so I think Bitcoin absolutely fixes this. However, look, if fiat and Bitcoin started at the same time, okay, Bitcoin would win, right? But the fiat system, which is what Phil was saying earlier, is so entrenched. They're so corrupt, right? They, they, they're, they're, they have their tentacles in so many assets of society because facets of society because they're, so many people are addicted to the power of the money printer, right? Which is fictitious, but they're addicted to that, that, you know, that steady flow, right? So it, I'm really interested to see how it's mm -hmm. going to play out because it, it, like, I, I don't think that these people are going to give over the keys lightly. Uh, you you see, you hear the rhetoric from Powell. You hear the rhetoric from Yellen. You hear the rhetoric from uh, Christine Lagarde. You know it, it's all Bitcoin's money laundering. Bitcoin's terrorism. Like we all know that's not true. We all know that fiat ha is the majority of that. It has nothing to do. But it's the fact that they can't control it. It's the fact that they can't manipulate the monetary policy to their benefit. Right. So it, it, this is going to be a hell of a fight. Like it's it's going to get nasty. And now Bitcoin's sitting at a, you know roughly a trillion dollar asset. No big deal. But Bitcoin gets to a five, 10, you know, 20, right? Holy, holy Jesus. That's what I have to say. Like, it's going to be nasty, you know? So we've seen now, I think, this narrative for months. Each different product, each different item, commodity, whatever it is, gets blown up in price for 
the flavor of the month, whatever reason they want to give us. Um, is there one in particular? Is there a certain commodity in particular that either of you are worried or concerned about that if the price gets to a certain level, that is the breaking point for society? Yeah, that's an interesting question. That's a very interesting question. You know what? Um, I don't really have a number, but that question does make me think, how, how far can we push everyone? Right? Like how, how far can we push everyone? Like in, in Europe, right? Like, okay, so for example, we're paying essentially, what we're paying in the US now are the prices Europe has been playing, paying for gas for like the last, you know, 10, 15, whatever years. Okay. And in Canada, it's not much different either. So, you know, people, people are sitting here freaking out about the gas prices, not realizing that there's a good portion of the rest of the world that has already been paying these prices. And don't get me wrong, they're all getting to work and they're all paying their bills and life is going on. Not to say that it's okay, but my point is, is that you just got those people to deal, you know, to, to deal with it. So, okay, this is probably not the level where the problems begin. I think, um, you know, this kind of goes back to a book uh, that, I'm, that I'm actually reading right now and almost finished, which is, you know, When Money Dies, uh, which is the story about Weimar Germany. People were not able to afford food uh, or certain amenities from one day to the next, and they were still trying to figure out how to survive and they weren't revolting. <laughs> so I don't know. I, you know what? Unfortunately, I, I think our capacity for, for misery um, is really, really high. Uh, so I don't really know how bad it has to get. Um, but I can tell you this, unfortunately, we are going to find out. Like that, that is just, I think that is a reality of things. Like we are going to find this out. Nico, I don't know if you had anything to add there. Yeah. Look, um, I think, I think it's gas, <laughs> whether they want, people want to believe it. it's electric cars. I don't know. The world runs on fossil fuels. Okay. Um, so if that keeps going up, oil keeps going up, um, that's going to hurt every other it, the sticker shock is going to be ap the trucks that deliver the food, the ships, you know, all that stuff, right? Um, it's, a, it's a domino effect. And I, I think that is going to be interesting. And look, I, I hate getting fiat political, like I say, um, but, you know, the current administration, I don't know what they're doing. Like, I, I have no idea, like, why are they attacking oil and gas? Like, that doesn't make sense to me, right? Sorry about that. That doesn't make sense to me. So it, I, I don't know. I don't know what they're like. I don't know what they're trying to get out of this. I, I don't know if they're so caught up in their in their, you know, green vision, green version vision of the world. But I don't think it's grounded in reality. Right. The majority of Americans, first of all, can't afford an electric car and don't own an electric car. Right. So are, why are you actively attacking them? And then it's like as all it's like as if and I said this yesterday it's, it's almost as if they're centrally planning to try to pivot the U.S. economy away from oil and gas to electric. But we know that centrally planned economies always catastrophically fail. The free market's always better. So to me, I'm just looking at it and I'm in, I'm I'm in confusion, right? I, I I don't understand it, right? So I think that's really what's going to get people up in arms um now the inflation aspect of it i think is is a whole other thing let's see 
I don't know. You guys cover this better. I'm not. I look. I went straight to Bitcoin. I, I don't know any of the traditional finance stuff very well. This is what I always ask Phil. I'm like Phil. What is? It? I always ask him for this. Um. So I, I, I'm very doubtful. Okay. I'm from a conceptual standpoint. I do understand it. I'm very doubtful that they'll be able to raise rates. Because if you look at the history of the rate thing, it's like every time they raise it, it's a little bit lower than the last time. And then this time they don't have the wiggle room. And then everyone's like, oh, Volcker in the 70s. Like Volcker had like five, six, seven, eight points. <laughs> they don't have that tool today. So I don't know how they are going to control this. I don't see that. I, I don't see it happening. And then it was, I forget, it was, it was Peter Thiel, right, that had this awesome speech. And he essentially, he made the analogy of the Wizard of Oz, right? And people kind of see Jerome Powell and the Fed like the Wizard of Oz, right? But once you pull the cape, right, it's, you know, you see it and it's like, they're just printing money, right? So I, look, out of all their actions, they're master communicators to tell you, we are going to raise rates, but at the same time, not right now. It's like, it's double speak. And to me, it's insanity that the most of the world's economy is based, the markets are based on what the F this guy has to say on Wednesday. That blows my mind. Isn't not just, that a, is, not is, just is, any guy, a lawyer. A, a lawyer. lawyer. A lawyer. What the F is that? Only the best. Hey, what the F is that? So like the whole system is just, but again, like I'm seeing this and you guys are seeing it and the people watching this, I'm seeing it. You guys are seeing it from the perspective of a Bitcoiner. So you're seeing it from like, we could do better than that, right? But there's so many, I would say the majority of planet Earth is still plugged in to the fiat matrix. They have no clue. Like they have no clue things would be better. This is just, this is just how things are. My fellow plebs, the Bitcoin conference is back. Bitcoin 2022, April 6th through the 9th is the ultimate pilgrimage for the Bitcoin ecosystem. The Bitcoin conference is the biggest event in all of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. We're leveling up and making this bigger and better than ever. I'm talking straight to the moon with the four day long festival in the heart of Miami at the Miami Beach Convention Center. This has something for everyone. Whether you are a high-powered Bitcoin entrepreneur, a core developer, or a Bitcoin newbie, Bitcoin 2022 is the ultimate place for you to be with your people and celebrate and learn about the Bitcoin culture. So make sure to go to b.tc forward slash conference to lock in your official tickets and use promo code Satoshi for 10% off. You want more off? Pay in Bitcoin and you'll receive $100 off general admission and $1,000 off whale pass. Those are stackable. So go to b.tc forward slash conference and attend the best conference in Bitcoin history. Chris, I'd love to also give you the chance to sort of talk on a commodity before I, I share my thoughts on it as well. Is there a commodity that you're keeping an eye on or most nervous about? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, the price of oil. I mean, gasoline and the barrel of oil, exactly to Nico's point. Uh, my previous life, I was an engineer, specifically in the energy sector. And um, going along that, oil, barrels of oil 
control, I don't want to say control the price of everything, but it definitely dictates the price of everything else. If it's more expensive to get gasoline, to get in trucks that transport food to all the supermarkets, that's going up. Electric cars, you know, it's going to be more expensive to mine this, the silicon and lithium and everything that's needed for the products that go into an electric car. So that 70,000 car that they're saying you can get that you have no gas, well, it's more expensive to ship. It's more expensive to mine the elements that are needed for it, the getting the metals out of the ground. We don't even have to get into the environmental impacts of that alone, but um, you know, solar panels, it costs a lot of energy, whether in the form of diesel or oil to do that. You know, um, any of the uh, windmills, you know, those polyethylene blades or uh, polypropylene blades, my excuse me, are made up of oil byproducts. So if oil gets more expensive, that gets more expensive. You're hindering all the other forms of electricity because they require backhoes, trucks, dump trucks, uh, tractor trailers, 18 wheelers, you name it. If it's if the price of those filling it up goes up everything else goes up in tandem. It's not immediate, but it's definitely a leading indicator before a lagging indicator with everything else. Uh, my, my thought process is borrowed from David Friedberg. Uh, I really resonated with what he said and what both you, Chris and Corny, Chris and Nico, you, all of you guys have said, I think very valid things, but there's one thing in particular that I am worried about and it's wheat because of how many calories wheat provides to the world. I fucking hate gluten. I still eat and consume gluten. In the US, they tell you you need 2000 calories. And that is because we're a gluttonous country. That's not even how many you need to survive. I believe the number is 1200 or 1500. Someone in the comments somewhere, correct me. It's one of those two figures. If wheat production decreases, mind you, we only plant for 90 day cycles. That means we only have enough wheat to last us for the next 90 days. The period where we're supposed to start planting and growing is coming up at the end of this month. And of course, if you're not aware, Russia, Ukraine provides about 40% of the wheat for the entire world. Now, how does that actually impact and how does that get doled out? Well, of course, the rich countries are going to eat. They'll pay the premiums, whatever it costs. And in the meantime, the lower and lesser developed countries are going to get rocked. And they're not going to be able to afford to buy the food coming into their country. They're not going to be able to then give food to their population. And as a result, I think that that will trigger so many more things that we can't even imagine. What happens when a whole country can't feed themselves, but they know that their neighboring country can't? You really think they're just going to sit there and do nothing? You don't think that, oh, the people who hop over the border here in America, you don't think that's going to amplify if all of a sudden no other country south of us is able to afford the calories to provide to its people, let alone the people having the money to buy said calories. And it's weird that we have to start thinking of things through this lens of, can you afford enough calories to live both as a citizen and as a country? That to me is, I think, one of the most terrifying things happening in real time. I bought into this narrative and I've done my own due diligence and found that it is false. There was like this meme going around for some time, I think in 2020, where the wealth gap in America is wider than the wealth gap uh, ahead of the French Revolution. That is actually not the case. Ahead of the French Revolution, the top 10% of France held 90% of the wealth. Thankfully, we're not there. They only hold in America 70% of the wealth right now. So it's like, we're not there yet. But guys, we need to fix that. Besides the point, besides the fact the gas, there's a secondary issue that I have with just the global gas markets in general, and it's a cartel. It's the fact that it's just a, a giant freaking mob that dictate, dictates to the rest of the world how and when they can operate. The fact that Putin gets a seat at the 
OPEC plus meetings, but is kicked out of everything else, shows me and proves to me the fact that the oil markets are so manipulated. The fact that Iran has upwards of 100 million barrels of oil sitting in the Persian Gulf waiting to be told, where can we sell this to? Like, we, we just need to do this at this point. It will be very interesting, I think, how oil is operated in this intermediary in the future. I am kind of curious, though, Nico, you mentioned a, a certain point where why why did our political leaders buy into this narrative that we have to get off of oil? Um, like, I, I was pounding this drum over the weekend with some family. I'm a big snowboarder. I go to the mountains as often as I can. This has been one of the worst seasons across the Rockies. It's been dry. There's not been enough rainfall. The snowfall has been very minimal at best. And you're looking at potentially ending a season very short. It started late and it's going to end early. This has been an iteration that we've been seeing in just one instance of outdoor activities that I love to highlight. I'm a big believer in nature. I love nature. I go to the beach. I live in LA. My rule is if I go to the beach, I pick up a piece of trash. What our government officials are doing may not necessarily be correct, but I think this reliance on a cartel to dictate to us how and when we can drive our cars, that is, I think, a motivation, motivating factor to get off of this oil standard. If it means that they themselves want to create the cartel or be in charge of the cartel, that remains to be seen. But I'm curious where, where or what you're sort of seeing as far as why we're not involved or why we're trying to get off of oil and gas. Well, I mean, so like think about how that cartel was created, right? It's because they have a monopoly on the, you know, it's not really the creation of oil, but I'm going to say it like that on the mining or the extracting of oil. America had, and I'm sure Chris could add to this, um, it, they had a shale boom, right? We figured out how to extract more oil out of the ground. And by doing so, it actually hurts the cartel. So if you want to take power away from the cartel, America needs to start mining the oil again, right? So, but again, that would de-incentivize, right? Uh, that would de-incentivize this, this green movement that they're trying to do. But let me talk a little bit about, so first of all, I think all of us care about the planet. I, I live in Miami, right? I live right next to the water. It's the same thing, right? The ocean, it's, it's tragic. The, the amount of trash in there horrible. So I'm not trying to discredit any of that. I think we all care about the planet. But what I am trying to discredit is these bureaucrats do not have the capability because they've never done it to fix this. Going to Glasgow on private jets and virtue signaling to the world that you want a greener world. No one's listening to you when you have an 80 car motorcade. China didn't even show up. Right. So I think that giving bureaucrats trying to centrally plan the world into a greener market, it's BS. Let the free market do its thing. Right. Um, and if you want to fix the cartel, if you don't want to be dependent on the cartel, unleash American energy. We have it here. We like um, I don't know if this was political propaganda or not, but it was like energy. We were in energy independent at one point. I don't know how factually that is, but let's say 80 or 70 percent of that is true. Right now, we're in a position where we're actively buying oil from hostile countries like Iran. And it's it's like the incentives are, are so messed up. And one last thing in Germany, right, the the policies there, they tried to be green. 
and it was absolutely catastrophic and the country ended up burning more coal, coal anyway because who would have thought if you don't produce energy in your home and you just buy it from someone else the per that someone else is burning coal to make that energy so it, it's it's not sensical and now i've heard rumblings that they're turning on their nuclear nuclear energy is very very green Right. I think that people have PTSD from, you know, the Chernobyl and all that. But how far the technology has come since then. Right. And the fact that it's not being looked at and you're trying to prop up uh, so-called renewable energies, which Chris could, you know, he's an engineer, so he knows more than this. Renewable energies suck. Right. They, they, they don't correlate with the demand. It, it, it doesn't make sense, right? Like uh, wind energy doesn't make sense. Solar doesn't make sense. They would not exist without government subsidy. So the whole thing to me is just like, I, look, I think it's a bad ideology. I think it's, 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 uh, I think it has to do with control, trying to control things. Um, but again, like, you know, I think Bitcoiners are all a little bit paranoid, but that's my perspective. I can't explain it, bro. I can't explain someone getting elected into office, okay? And them willfully hurting all those other people that are buying gas. I don't understand it. it for me, it doesn't make sense. Like, aren't you supposed to look? Whatever your beliefs on social issues are, it doesn't matter. But aren't you as a, a president? supposed to make the lives of Americans better? Who does this, whose lives improve with this? I, I don't know the answer to that question. I don't know. I, I still haven't been able to figure it out. Yeah, Phil, is there anything else you, you have to add there? Uh, just wanted to add to, uh, to Q's point here on, uh, you know, on wheat, right? I never thought of that. That's a very good point. And if we zoom out and, and just kind of remove some of the nuance, right? What do we see? We see the ever escalating prices of, of gas, right, and oil. And as Q was talking about, the the uh, the price, you know, or the availability of, of wheat. So if we if we zoom out and just take a look at these things, what's happening here? Stopping people from moving around, stopping produce from moving around, stopping products from moving around, and at the same time starving a population. When people are malnourished, I mean it's no uh, it's no secret, right? They've been telling us about this in school. Brain function decreases, energy levels decrease, capability. Like, look, all of that stuff goes down the tube. Now, look, tinfoil hat, that seems kind of convenient if you want to get a whole bunch of people to accept a terrible system, <laughs> you know? I mean, like, wow, look at that. You can't go anywhere. You're not eating well. We've got a solution. You know, we've got a solution. You just got to give up a little more of that freedom. Big Anyways, fans, it just it freaks me out. Of the tinfoil hat in this show. <laughs> that, 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 and that's the tragic part about it, right? Is that like you sound just the mere fact that you're talking about this, you sound like Alex Jones. You sound like a conspiracy theorist. You cannot openly look. I, I remember when the I remember when the stuff started to come out in relation to you know the World Economic Forum and all that. I was like, we. I, I was telling Phil every day after the show. I'm like. Bro, we sound like conspiracy theorists. Like, we sound like crazy people. Over time, more evidence started to come up. And then that's when I realized, holy crap, we are able to say things that legacy media is not able to say. And that's why you are seeing 
and the attempt to censor people like Joe Rogan because he's able, for example, uh, Russell Brand said it yesterday, right? He had a, and it was a viral video, right? Why aren't we hearing that from our betters? Why aren't we hearing that from the media? Why are they focusing on, on issues that we, that, that aren't really important to where you are? It, 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 it's, it's, it's like, I don't understand it. I don't see how you can come to another conclusion. Sorry. So I, I actually have a theory on that and it's a lot less tinfoil hatty. Um, and it says black and white as following the money, but in a capitalistic system where all businesses are derived from the idea of maximize profits, you then have media companies catering to whatever the lowest common denominator wants. That's why you get the hyperbolic news on both Fox and CNN. That's why there always is, in my opinion, there's always a war going on. There's always some sort of a famine going on. There's always some sort of disease as far back as mad cow disease. I can remember this. And there's always a natural disaster. And what do these four things have in common as someone who's never read the Bible knows? They're the four things that happen right before the end of the world. So they're always on the news. There's always those four things, especially on American news that are always happening because we're in a Jesus loving country. People are always worried about the fact that, oh, when is the world going to end? These are the four triggers of it. So there's always that on the news. So I think a part of it is based around this idea of we just need to get people scared enough to keep tuning in. But I, I don't want to stay on that topic. That's just my, my less sexy. What is less sexy than a tinfoil hat? my saran wrap hat that's but what we'll call why, it why but let me I love let it me, though let me let me go let me go back to that right Please. why is it that independent media could just talk normal and if you look at the numbers for example joe rogan right now is 11 million average viewers per episode tucker carlson number two 3.5 Joe Rogan is having normal conversations. No end of the world. Because I hear you, right? And the country is so divided right now that you have the right-wingers that are like, this is the end of the world. And you have the left that's like, those are fascists, mm. right? It's so divided. It's it's abs I've never seen it this way. It's absolutely crazy, right? But you have people like Joe Rogan. He he successfully straddles, right? He he you could you could listen to Joe Rogan as someone who comes from the left. This guy's awesome. You can listen to Joe Rogan from the right. This guy's awesome. It's only legacy media. It's only the, the, the establishment media because everyone else, it's like if you see any independent content creator and they're, they're, they're blowing up, right? There is no narrative. There is no whatever. It's just like speaking about events that are happening. So, and, and, I've, and I was telling this to Phil earlier, right? In 2003, if social media was around, we would not have invaded Iraq. Oh. Their ability to control information, the narrative rested on their, their, their ability to control the gatekeepers of information, which are publications and our legacy media. The internet has completely disintermediated them and they don't know how to, they don't know how to control it. So they rely to censorship and now add into the mix Bitcoin. And what do you get? You get a fuck ton of chaos. And that's exactly what we're living through. Right. So I don't know, man, I, I think that it's not a right or left issue. I think this really has to do with legacy media and their ability to be able to control giant swaths of the population through narratives. And now the Internet 
has hampered their ability to do so. It, it's, dude, I don't know. It's a rabbit hole. It's well, a rabbit just hole. My, my last comment on this, and then I am going to pass the mic to Chris. Um, I think when what we have to be asking is what takes a media company from just media sharing the news to legacy and it tends to be there's some sort of money either a wall street firm or someone who made a lot of money on wall street who is looking at this no longer as a source of information but as a business and that's that shift thank god for david bailey thank god for the likes of ck and pete rizzo and mike germano and alex mcshane because if they saw how much money this show actually makes bitcoin magazine probably not around for much longer um i'll, I'll steal uh wise words from the comedian george carlin and uh you know he said it's one big club and you ain't in it mm-hmm. um and that comes down to money uh with a bastardization of money i'll tie back into what nico was saying the reason that a lot of these politicians are gaslighting um, all this energy we're finding, you know, whether we were finding fracking, I, I believe uh, Nico brought up that it's a deflationary thing. And I think the price of tomorrow, the more I keep going back to it, it's really like a masterpiece in the book that Jeff Booth made. Um, in the book, I, he, I know he sent it to a lot of high profile people. He didn't name names, but basically they're all like, Jeff, you're completely right, but we can't stop printing money. When we're getting deflationary things such as finding excess energy sources, uh, whether that's through natural gas, through fracking, through nuclear, whatever it may be, all these oil and gas companies have large balance sheets. And people don't understand this. You know, I know many real estate people harp on this. The reason that real estate people keep getting more and more in debt is because we're inflating the currency faster and faster. So they're able to pull out money through a refinance. They're able to use other people's money to get debt and then get paid money from other people. Um, so the reason that, the, uh, I'm not gonna go conspiracy theory, but I'll go a little conspiracy theory here. It's not in oil and gas companies' best interest for these alternative sources of energy to come out, whether it's mini nuclear reactors, whether it's fracking from natural gas, whether it's any of these other things. So at the same time that we're seeing all these supply chain shortages or problems with energy, they politicians need to throw money at things that whether they know it or not don't work, but make a good story because then the price of the gas, oil and gas can go up. And this is not to harm you know, consumers. This is because oil and gas are trilli- quite literally trillions of dollars in debt and they have to owe their debts. And so the price of it going up benefits them and they need to pay their bills and they need to pay their bills and the banks have bills against the oil and gas companies and then the banks have bills against other central banks. And then it's all this debt pyramid, as you want to call it. It's a house of cards and the base is made of sand. It's not even on a coffee table. So it just goes to show the money is the source of the problem. In, in a world where we have a deflationary currency, you're rewarded for finding the cheapest and best energy. You're not you're not looking for things to make the price of things go up because you're not in debt and you don't have debtors to pay back. So that's just, uh, that's my long energy engineering rant. I can definitely go into a bigger deep dive of that. But um, yeah, I don't know if there's anything else you want to expand on, Q, Nico, or Phil on that. I, I, dude, I really, look, I love your perspective. You know, clearly, you know, you come from the field, you know, you know, you, you're an insider, you know, so to speak. Right. Um, and I, I just, I love that perspective, man. I'm, I'm very, I, I love speaking to people that work within the field because they always give you, you know, the, the signal and not the noise. So I appreciate that, bro. Uh, 
I appreciate that a lot. I mean, now I, I, I left that world because I saw the Ponzi scheme that it was. It's built on lies. So now I work for a Bitcoin company. So very different. Um, yeah, but um, I'm, I'm loving every second of it. Uh, I'll pass it over to Q if you have any more questions to expand on that, or we can go tinfoil hat if you would like as well. <laughs> Dude, you know me, I'll always go tinfoil hat for days on end. <laughs> but wait, hold on. To be fair, okay, because I'm telling you, I've had an existential crisis about this. Okay, I'm we like, all have. That's I'm why like, we're I'm, here. I'm like, I'm looking at Phil. I'm like, Phil, are we a right wing alt right conspiracy channel? And he's like, he's like, no, no. So it was like, it was so hard for us. Like, you have no idea how hard it was for the first three or four months because we're like, dude, they're not reporting this on the news. We're lunatics. But this was this was the validation. Okay, this was like our our glory moment is that we started seeing no joke. This is this has happened to us like five or six times already, where we report on something, and a month or two two a month or two months later, we see it on like Tucker Carlson. Exactly what we were saying. We see it on you know we see it on the media. So that to us is like okay, this might be seen as a conspiracy theory now, right? But you know, again, and we don't like, we're not like, we don't speculate like Alex Jones that like, like, it's like the end of the world, they're demons. Like we don't do that. Right. We, we try to source our material. So it's like, we try, okay, there's a newspaper. We're going to read from it. This is our case. Right. And what, what disheartens me, bro, is the fact that people that are so-called journalists can't tell the truth more than forgive me, Phil, two idiots on YouTube. Okay, like that it blows my mind. If that is not a personification or or whatever a representation, better said, of the fiat world, I don't know what is. You know, like it's so broken in so many ways. They're more interested in telling propaganda and narrative stories than they are on actually reporting or doing their best on reporting on what's going on. It, it, and that's why Joe Rogan is so popular. That's why Russell Brand is becoming so popular. That's why independent media is becoming so popular because people, I think, have a natural tendency to seek out the truth and they're not getting it from where they were getting it before or if they were ever getting it from there before. We don't know. Well, this really starts to make you question, you know, everything you've been told, right? Like now we're starting to see these memes pop up where it, it's like, uh, you know, all these people that were telling you to, you know, put on masks and, you know, stay indoors and do all this stuff. Well, now all of a sudden these same people are pro-freedom. It's like, you, you can't just do that, right? Like, you can't just go and, and flip-flop like that. Like, the, you know, the, the morals and the integrity, it has to be there. And it just, I, you know what, we're just not seeing it anymore. And what's really interesting, okay, what's really interesting is that the advent of the, you know, the internet and social media, has created a situation, right, where, okay, so we'll, we'll take social media in one piece and we'll also add Bitcoin, okay, because Bitcoin plays a major, a major factor in this. Alex Jones, so I've been watching Alex Jones since I was like 17 years old, okay? <laughs> Come on, I'm, Phil. I'm explaining so much about you. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I've been watching him since I'm like 17 and I'm like, this guy is amazing, but no one's going to believe it, right? And this is the thing. It doesn't matter how right we are. If we're too early, it's just like being wrong. Okay, mm. number one. And number two, if you don't have, like, he didn't have Bitcoin. 
so it doesn't matter everything that he was saying. Like I, I watched all the videos where he's yelling at the, you know, the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers. Sorry, Alex Jones had Bitcoin. He got like a thousand Bitcoin. Yeah, ten thousand. Famously lost Kaiser. Kaiser. No, Kaiser. I, I'm saying, yeah. I'm saying, like before there was Bitcoin, he didn't have Bitcoin. So like he would sit there and spout all this stuff and everyone was like, what the hell are you talking about? You know, and then the mainstream, you know, the corporate media could then spin their own story. And there you go, Alex, you're full of it. But right. now. Yeah. No, 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 no. I, I want to take the other side of this, but please finish. Oh, yeah. No, I was just going to say, but now there's Bitcoin. So not only not only can he go and spout the truth and say, you see. This shows how our money's broken. It is the perfect black mirror, so to speak. So anyways. Well, black mirror was created by a man who was sent from the future talking about all the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is true. Just like Satoshi Nakamoto came from the future, but those are yeah, just, you know, it, tinfoil hat. No, those uh, are, those are not tinfoil. Those are facts, bro. What dude, are you talking about? <laughs> like, uh, but the, there, I want to unpack both of those things because Nico, I agree with you. When I started doing this show, I had reservations on it and I was very loud anytime I would come on and I would say like, yo, I, I view myself as a liberal in regards to like the Bitcoin ecosystem. I believe that black lives do matter. I do believe in certain liberal policies. I think that not necessarily everyone does. Um, so Renee Lacoste, to answer your questions, like I, I view myself more left leaning, if you will. But then I had to ask myself, what does that mean? Thank you to Mark Moss, who like really helped push me there. I take the other side of that uh, of the table is Cornicarus. I despise, duh, Alex Jones. I thought like the ramblings of this idiot who just like makes whatever claim he wants because he has a platform to do it and people are just going to believe him because I disagree with you as well, Nico. I don't think people at large seek out the truth. I think people at large absorb what information is easiest for them to find. And historically speaking, that has been the case. I think in the iterations before everyone had a printing press and everyone was able to read or write, you look to your religious leaders and whatever they said was law. If they said, Hey, if you don't donate money, God is going to smite your house. Well, lo and behold, where those taxes that we're paid now that we don't pay to our churches today, those were taxes to the churches long before they knew that they were actually being taxed. Fast forward to present day. It's whatever's the trending thing on Twitter. You open up Netflix and there's the Netflix top 10 and, None of these movies are ever Oscar nominated. These are not the best thought folking films. These are literally garbage, whatever products designed to just like get you to sit there on your couch, hear the da-da of Netflix and get you addicted to having background noise. True story. This is literally what Netflix is doing to you. Like as someone who used to work in Hollywood, I was an agent. I covered Netflix. I sold TV shows to Netflix. Let me tell you, they literally don't care that you are sharing your, um, log in with your neighbor. They don't because eventually you're going to have your own family. And eventually you've accustomed yourself to hearing the da-da and then noise afterwards that you need it. It's a crutch now. They've mm -hmm. created an addiction akin to um, cigarettes. It's just in your mind all of a sudden. Um, to go further though into this whole like, what are we actually doing here as independent media? And I put independent for Bitcoin Magazine in quotes because we are not so independent. Our focus is entirely and solely on Bitcoin. Is that good or bad? The future will tell us. We can't really judge that today. I do think it is important for us, though, to 
those of us in this position to find the truth as often as we can and also rebuff what we have said to be false and what is being said as false but to your guys's point with actual hard-earned facts i don't think the majority of the world is going to buy into bitcoin i actually don't think it will ever happen i think a majority of the world will be forced to accept and adopt bitcoin and i think that in based on uh history has shown to be true i think unfortunately it's going to take a small subset of people like us to push it forward and eventually the rest of the world is just going to fall and fall in line because unfortunately we as people have become more sheep than the shepherd yeah I, look I, I think those are excellent points and i think look i i think that as a society right um i think the people empowered really benefit from divide and conquer and i think that once you you know, I, so I, I, I'm originally from Venezuela, had a traumatic experience, um, you know, or my family did better said, um, with the socialist government take over Venezuela. So naturally, you know, I live in Miami, so socially I'm very left-leaning, but economically I'm right-leaning, right? But I have many friends on the left. That's the, that's the thing is that they make you believe that it's like the other side is the boogeyman to distract you from the fact that the people, the uniparty is the one messing everything up. And we actually have a lot in common, right? So it's it, the whole thing. And I, and I think that, I think this is a fundamental issue is that I think that no one deserves, right? That the power of the money printer, I don't think that any human being has the capacity to to deal with that much power it's, it's it's impossible right and by having that much power they have a very very big ability to to go back to your point to manipulate the truth or to kind of structure the world in a way where it's like this is how i want you to see the world right uh did you see that movie with uh speaking of netflix did you see that movie it was a terrible movie it was Don't a look yeah, that you know yes. what I'm talking about. Yes, because I forced wow. Chris, he I forced that. Chris to sit down and watch it because that I, was propaganda. That was propaganda <laughs> to the most finest extent, right? That was that was beautiful propaganda. The entire movie, right? It's like it wanted you to see the world from a from a certain perspective, right? And I think that you know people on the right are like, no, my perspective is right, and the people on the left is like, no, my perspective. I think both perspectives is right, right? I think that there's both valid points on both sides, but I think that the issue is not so much the boogeyman people on the left or the boogeyman people on the right. It's the people that control the goddamn money printer. Like they are the cause of the problem without a shadow of a doubt. And I think that the 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 corruption that comes with the ability to just right and left right the left spends it on social programs the right tends to spend it on war right but it's like this ability to just print money and just pay for things is insane is insanity to me like it doesn't make sense and i think that bitcoin is going to fix that and by fixing that i think it's going to lift a lot of people because that's a main staple of the left, right? Is a lot of people are, are poor. A lot of people are, you know, like kind of taken out. They're othered in society. I would say, I would say that the, the, the main cause of that is the money printer itself, right? So I think that's what we need to focus on. And uh, it, this is going to get rough. So I have a question for you, Q, if you don't mind. What are your thoughts on 
the and it was a bo- it was like the the current you know I think it's I think it's tragic Elizabeth Warren taking advantage of the crisis of the tragic crisis in Ukraine to try to pass this horrible bill um, to attack Bitcoin because that's really what it is. What are your thoughts on that? I'm going to go big picture and then small, and I'm going to say something uh, that may not sit with everyone well, but you know, this is my perspective as a Middle Eastern immigrant. Um, if you were against having refugees from any Middle Eastern country, or in particular Iraq or Afghanistan, into America, but then you are welcoming Ukrainian immigrants with open arms, you are the problem. You are literally the problem. That's, that is my big rant on that. Um, I think, unfortunately, what Elizabeth Warren is doing is the political playbook. Never let a cri- good crisis go to waste. Um, I don't. I don't agree with it. I don't like it. I don't. I don't buy into any of it. And one of my big things that I will continue to pound the drum on, on the other side of that spectrum, is while I don't buy anything any politi- politician ever says anymore, like. There's nothing a politician can say. They could literally come to me personally and say they will write off my student loan expenses. I'm not going to pay taxes for 10 years. Put in a contract. Do you have my vote? No. Nothing you say or do, I'm going to buy into anymore on the basis of you've never done anything you said. So why? And then I, I'll bring this back to Bitcoin. Why do we buy into the, the politicians who are pro-Bitcoin, who are running on these platforms? Someone like Ted Cruz, the lifelong grifter of them all. I don't buy into either of their stances. I think Elizabeth Warren is doing this literally to buy votes. I don't think she actually cares about Bitcoin or knows enough about Bitcoin to make proper legislation, but she has a contingent of voters who are anti-Bitcoin enough and vocal enough that she wants to at least cater to that base and guarantee however many million votes that she's going to get by outlandishly saying or claiming certain things at the same time as someone like ted cruz saying bitcoin should be in texas we're we're the best we have energy blah 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 but it's cynthia loomis who's pushing through this legislation she's the one writing it she's the one who's actually doing the work ted cruz is just the one who has the biggest microphone and the biggest stage and said the right words at the right time so I think both of them are the perfect example of you're just grifting for votes without a true understanding of the technology behind it. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I think that no politician should be trusted. I, I don't trust politicians. I just pay attention to their incentives, right? Um, and with with uh, with Ted Cruz, in his case, uh, he's just saying that because there's a very large mining presence in Texas. That's the only reason he's mm-hmm. saying that, right? Um, Another million and- votes. That's what I'm saying. So, like, he's, you know, he needs the donors. He needs the stuff. Uh, Lummis, too. Wyoming is a very poor state. She's trying to bring business into the state, right? So, I'm just paying paying attention to the incentives. I don't know why. Think about it. Because we know, for example, the majority of millennials, right? A good portion of millennials own, I hate to use this word, but that's what it is, crypto, right? And she's actively attacking it that doesn't make sense to me like there's something there's something misaligned there um i i would like to believe it's a little bit more nefarious than the 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 reason that you're looking at it i would like to believe based on what i've seen right and and i and i also had an existential crisis about this when phil was there to see this to witness this i was like i hate i would hate like because in my head dude 
I saw this happening over time, like slowly in slow motion. And I've just seen her escalate, 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 escalate. But the reasons as to why she was escalating it never made sense to me. Like, for example, uh, the recent video that kind of went viral where she's talking about how Russian, uh, how Russians could potentially circumvent sanctions. Then the, the, the CEO of chain analysis was like, that's not really capable, but because she wasn't getting the answer that she wanted, she kind of got upset. So again, dude, like I'm, I'm not so concerned, uh, like what Ted Cruz has to say. I'm not so concerned what Elizabeth Warren has to say. I'm just paying attention to their incentives and I'm paying attention to their, their actions. And what I'm seeing from Elizabeth Warren is because I can't control this, we need to get rid of it. That's what I'm seeing from her, right? Because it makes, there's the reasons as to what she gives, they don't, they don't ring out. Like they don't check, you know, they don't check the list, right? So what is going on there? And I, and I actually had this conversation with Dennis Porter at Unconfiscatable in Vegas. How do we get more people on the left? Cause it's a, the Bitcoin is bipartisan it's for both sides. How do we get people on the left establishment left, powerful left politicians to support Bitcoin more. How do we do that? Because whether you whether we like it or not, and this is a very troubling pattern, and to me, it's heartbreaking, we have acceptance, other than Donald Trump, we have acceptance from the establishment Republican Party on the right in the United States. And from the establishment left, Hillary Clinton to Elizabeth Warren, we have anger, right? Like, why, why is that happening? I don't, I don't like that. I think it helps the left because it helps disenfranchise people, people that, you know, the banking system has fucked over. It helps the poor. It protects them from inflation. So this is like this helps. But why are they getting so much? Why is why is there getting resistance? And that, to me, that's tragic. It's very unfortunate. And I, I'm, I'm not in that position to like, you know, because I, I live in a red state. I'm, I'm you know, I have my own personal beliefs. But I always encourage people like Dennis. He lives in, in Portland. And I'm like, dude, like you have to get on this, bro. Like you have to like you have to use your platform to take care of this because I, 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 I would hate for this to become a partisan issue. It would be tragic for me. But that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing a slow pattern of how it's playing out. I, I want to just make one comment as the, the token lib. I think... To, to accomplish what you're asking us to accomplish is a redefinition and not necessarily in the landscape of Bitcoin, but a redefinition of Bitcoin on a, for the world. We have the meme of Bitcoin fixes this and we joke philosophy, politics, so, sociology, economy, all that stuff. And it's true, Bitcoin does solve a lot of these issues, but we don't spend enough time defining a lot of them. And no different than yourself, I view myself very much at this point in my life, uh, liberal as far as social issues are concerned, but physically speaking, like I, I want a separation of the financial markets and state. I don't think any current political leader anywhere in the world is going to buy into that, but especially with the Democrats and the left-leaning people in our government, at least, if we go at it from the angle of, well, this gives banking access to those who are unbanked, if this gives opportunities to people who are left out of the current system, coming at it from a more social aspect is how you, I think, for lack of a better word, indoctrinate those who maybe don't see the financial and economic benefits of it, because that's not necessarily their priority. 
their priority is literally maximize how much money they can take out of yours and mine's pocket versus the other side is trying to minimize that. Let them deal with the economic stuff. Let the Democrats and liberals figure out how do we get access to Bitcoin? How do we make sure everyone has internet access? How do we make sure everyone has a safe, secure wallet? I think going at it from that lens with, with the Democrats allows it to be fully encompassed and, and covered. But that's just my ramblings that I'm going to stop because we are at that time. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry so much, guys. It's been a pleasure having you both, Nico and Phil. Let us know where people can find you guys. You guys have a great show. Uh, let them know the time frames. I know I always catch up on YouTube, but I don't know when it actually airs because I'm busy during the day. Yeah, so we every so Monday through Saturday, sometimes we miss a day, uh, but we'll let you know before. You could find us at 1245 Eastern Standard Time at 12.45 p.m., of course. And the channel's called Simply Bitcoin. You can subscribe. It's uh, the Bitcoin news from the pleplep perspective and the catastrophic fails from Phil's perspective and Nico's takes. So, yeah, I really appreciate you guys having us on. That was a great time. Yeah. Rabbit so much for sure. Uh, honestly, you guys are going to have, I'm just saying this now live on air so you get bullied into coming back on um, because this is just too much fun. But you, you oh. guys will also be in Miami, right? You're both speaking. Yep. yep. We are. We, we will are, see we you are. there. We'll get to we meet you guys in the flesh. We would, by the way, we would love to have Q and Chris. You guys would. Lo- we would love to have you guys on the show. Of yeah. And just and redo this, but on simply Bitcoin. We can Bitcoin. continue this over there. Yeah, we can <laughs> continue this conversation. And just yeah. move it on over there. We are always down. Uh, have awesome. fun with Gladstein tonight. Everyone should actually take the time to watch the at least tonight's episode with Alec Gladstein and then get hooked on your guys' show and then never never leave. This is the morning show. That's the evening show, guys. <laughs> appreciate um, it. We as appreciate always, it. The, Thank you. Of course. And as always, guys, uh, use code YTMAG. Get 10% off your Bitcoin conference tickets so Chris and I can keep our jobs. Thank <laughs> you.